We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Wednesday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle and joined alongside me once again is Ben Miller. Ben, I feel like uh, well, we're recording this obviously the day before Thanksgiving. feels like every single media narrative out there, podcast, news, newspaper, I was going to say, that's not really a media thing anymore. Right. Newspaper. Well. News TV. <laughs> you know, everything else is going to be talking about Thanksgiving hot takes. Like, Do you have any Thanksgiving hot takes yourself, Ben? I would, I would have to go with I'm, I'm a holiday ham guy. Wait, really? Uh, not, not, not a turkey guy. Holiday ham. Holiday ham. Okay. Well, I actually feel better now that I know that you're my podcast host and you like holiday ham because that probably is a hot take, but one I will gladly support. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not, it's just not, I think it's probably because I've had some bad turkey throughout the years, whether it be dry or just too white being a healthier family, I'll say, at least we, <laughs> we pretend, that's probably the better way. We pretend to be a healthy family. We are very, very, very much not a healthy family, especially because we live in Wisconsin. But on holidays, we'll pretend to be it. So we'll get the, like, the whitest turkey there is out there. Right. And it just tastes like crap, too. I, I don't know. Ham, ham's the way to go. But I'll be honest, I don't even do the ham so much. I just go right to the vegetables, like the, the corn and the uh, the carrots. Mashed potatoes. And, exactly. Yeah. Sweet potatoes, too, is kind of the same thing. I just I, My plate, my Thanksgiving plate will just be a whole bunch of vegetables that are put all together or whatnot. Your mind's just like a plate of gravy. You can't even see anything <laughs> under it. Like you don't you don't know what's on my plate. It's just gravy. Just gravy. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I'm just picturing just like you stunned. drinking. Yeah. I was I'm just picturing you drinking your Thanksgiving plate. Mm. You don't even do any pie or anything like that? I, I mean, I'm a pumpkin pie guy for pumpkin sure. Pumpkin pie guy with okay. the, is is about as much whipped cream as you can possibly get on there. That's <laughs> that's definitely a go. Sounds like as you well. aren't even pretending to be healthy. You're just no, going, no, definitely going not. Going right for the nasty route. All right, well, forget the turkey stuff for a second. Let's get right to the NBA DFS podcast portion of of this whole show and charade that we're going on. 
I'm going to go ahead right now and tell you if you are a tournament guy, you're going to love today's slate. If you are a 50-50 guy, double up, uh, head-to-head, stay away. 14 games. 14 games on Wednesday's NBA DFS slate. 14 games, a lot of different variants, a lot of different things going on. You've got 5K guys and 6K guys that you normally would be expecting to be in the 7K range. There's a lot of different people getting 30-plus minutes a night. That normally would be something I would rely on when talking about 50-50 games. Yeah, there's there's a lot to go on. Honestly, I think that's the biggest and most important takeaway. If you are playing in a head-to-head double-up game and you're like, oh, yeah, awesome, 14 games, just know it's going to be a really, really hard slate to, to make do because there's a lot of different things that can go on. Yeah, there's so, there's just so many options when you have a 14 game slate. There's usually a ton of injuries that which means value plays everywhere. You got to pick the right one there. Um, don't let Joe don't let Joe tell you to to not play. We we need our, we need our jobs here. So you you better come listen to us and, and play this slate. Ben, people are listening to us just because we sound so great together. Well, I mean, that's, they don't even we do have soothing voices. Yeah. Don't you read our our Stitcher comments and reviews? I mean, that's well, of the, course. Exactly. How do, how, I got to boost my confidence somehow. <laughs> Everyone just talks about how great we sound together. They don't even care about the NBA DFS advice. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you're not wrong, but um, yeah, definitely one of the bold takes there is is the strategy that you wanna you wanna take for you know such a large slate of games. That's that's a good word to say. Good word to say. I really do think the strategy is important because normally, and we haven't done this enough in our podcast. Obviously, that we do it on Monday, Wednesday. We talk a lot about the players we like, their matchups, and what everything else. I think, especially for a 14 game slate. The most important takeaway is going to be what positions you want to pay up for and what positions you want to pay down for. Normally, we tend to be people that want to pay down for the center spot, and we haven't lately. A couple of really yeah. prime center spot matches we pointed out in the podcast previously. I think this might be a situation where we pay down in the center spot, pay down at the point guard spot, too. There's There are certain positions overall with as many options that we have that we need to think about what we want to pay up for and what we want to pay down for. Yeah, that, that's definitely one of the huge, the, the biggest strategies you can you can probably have on this slate. I think you're completely right too. The the point guard and, and center spots are exactly where I'm looking at to drop down, you know, to mid mid tier ish um, areas. And I think shooting guard, which is usually pretty barren at the bottom, mm-hmm. that's always one that you you have to consider paying up for, um, which is which is something I'm doing for this slate as well. So uh, I agree completely. That's that should be one of the bold takes is maybe drop down a few tiers in, in point guards and centers um, for get, check out some cheaper options. I think another takeaway that we need to have at least for Ben's perspective in the bold bold category is the revenge game narrative. First, we have Kevin Durant going against the Thunder. I think that's lost a little bit of its teeth um, now after a year removed and the Warriors winning a championship. But before this podcast, he was questionable. Now he got bumped up to probable. The conversation that we had planned pre- previously was, is he going to play? Well, I think he is going to play. Now it becomes, do you want to play him? Especially in this revenge game narrative against the Thunder, against Russell Westbrook. Everything else going on, a 10K player and Kevin Durant, do you want to put him in your lineup? I will say, you know, those two have just a weird beef. That's one of the, the weirder ones in the in the NBA for sure. And I, I think that definitely does motivate Durant. I think whenever he plays, you know, Westbrook, he, he's trying to come out and come out firing and, and be, you know, at the best of his game for sure. At the same time, I don't necessarily love that matchup uh, for, for a top price guy. I, I, I think there's some better ones, I should say. You know, I, I don't hate it, but I, I think there's better ones with the other seven, you know, 10,000 plus guys you know, out there. Yeah. I guess you're right. I know I just did my whole thing, my whole spiel two minutes ago saying, stay away from this if you're in a 50-50 and a head-to-head stuff. And here I am proposing or proposing that I'm going to have multiple lineups. I mean, I'm, 
I'm going to have Durant in at least one of my yeah, lives. Yeah. A 10K price tag, going against the Thunder, I understand the defense is actually a little bit better than we would have thought, given they acquired Carmelo Anthony over the offseason. That being said, I think Durant against the Thunder, against Russell Westbrook in particular, yeah, I'm going to take that as a guy that can get 50, 55 fan new points in a game, especially given that LeBron and Giannis are both sitting at 12,000. Those are the other two highest price yeah, small yeah, forwards. Right. I'm taking Durant, and I'm just going everywhere else, even using that 100 yeah, I mean, like it's probably more like a 400, 500K savings. But normally Durant is around the 10,500, 10,800 range. And we're getting a guy that's at 10,000 right now in his current price. I think that's in part because of the injury, in part because of the 14 game slate. And I'm definitely going to be using him in my lineups because I'm going to be saying a few, given 14 games. Yeah. I think I'm going to definitely use Durant. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely get I think you're right. Specifically, the, the biggest point I like about that is is how cheap he is. You know how much I love guys at their <laughs> lowest price. So um, I, I think that's that's definitely a big takeaway for Durant specifically, especially because I don't think he's going to be limited at all. Um, but then we uh, we also have our Milwaukee Buck. Yes. Newest Milwaukee Bucks Correct. guy, Eric Bledsoe. This is his first game against the Suns. I really think this is even more of an intriguing revenge game narrative as opposed to the Kevin Durant thing. Again, first time playing against the Suns, he's a 6,400 price tag point guard, and he's getting multiple 40-point FanDuel games in his past. I mean, you talked about on the Monday, he ended up doing really well for yeah, you. Yep. You did beat me in that competition. It was close, but you did beat me again. I think that was in part because Eric Bledsoe, I think it's I think if you told me he was going to score under 40 FanDuel points tonight, I'd be shocked. No, I completely agree. This is this is a huge matchup for him. Um, he kind of just just quit on that team, and there's obviously some some frustrations there between the two. So I definitely think he's going to come out and in, in, in try and put on his best performance possible. I love the matchup. It's the Suns. He's going to be going up against you know Tyler Eulis or Mike James. So there's nothing scary about either of those players in a matchup wise. And yeah, you're uh, multiple forty point Fanduel games of the past. You know, two out of three, I, I believe it actually is. Um, so I'm, I'm fully on board with. We with talked Bledsoe. about point guard as a spot that we want to pay down, and I think that Eric Bledsoe at sixty four hundred isn't just the best value at the point guard spot. I think it's one of the best values overall in this fourteen game slate. And I can't help but have the Taylor Swift "Bad Blood" song in the back of my head as we're talking about this revenge. Feel free game. to give her a, give her a rip well, on your. I was going to say I was going to put the song <laughs> underneath this whole combo, but I, then I'll get busted for a copyright issue. True, true. So I'll yeah. just bring it up, and I'll let the the viewers or the listeners go ahead and get that in their head because that's to me what's going on right now as we're talking about this revenge game narr- narrative. Eric Blood, so bad blood. I really think that's going on. Yeah. Oh, Shout absolutely. Shout out to Taylor Swift. That she's my girl. There. I mean, she's she's cute. She's no, not, no, no, we're not going there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll avoid that situation. We're not going there. Let's go ahead and get into the 14-game NBA slate we got going on on Wednesday. First game, Nets-Cavaliers, 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Some injuries to note there. Derek Rose obviously is still going to be out with that ankle injury. Amon Shumpert out with a knee injury. That means some more Jose Calderon. We talked about him and Tim Frazier as the two value plays on Monday. And I was all on board the, uh, the Calderon train. I was much more right than you. And that was in large part because John Wall did play. But still, right. don't, I was, don't put me down like I was that. much more right than you True. were. Yes. And now he's still at 3K, given we know both those guys are going to be out. Why in the world has FanDuel not adjusted his price a little bit higher than the minimum priced 3K point guard that's getting 25 plus minutes a night? I think it maybe it's, it's probably just because it's a 14 game slate. I, I think, think they you, forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just because it's such a big slate, and there's there's other options that they had to boost up. Um, but yeah, I think he ended up with yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. It was like 23 Fanduel points or something along those lines, which isn't horrible for for a, a minimum price guy. Are you discounting a guy that almost got 10k or 10 times his value for a 3,000 price player? Are you trying to discount that? I'm just saying, if you're trying to win a tournament, you need that guy to get you know 30 plus. I just I don't know if it's there. 
I disagree. I don't think you need that guy to get 30 plus. I think you need whoever you're now getting the savings to get your 30 plus or whatever the eight times, nine times right, you're right. looking for. That's the player you're looking at. I think that maybe in a double up, you actually don't want to play him given that a 14 game slate. There are so many other point guard yeah. options that you could do in the four to five K range that might get you instead of 23 points or 25, which I agree with you is probably called around ceiling. There might be other guys out there that are going to get 30 to 35 FanDuel points that are right around the 4K range. But I think he's still a very great play, especially against a Nets team that has also down guys like DeAndre Russell. He's still out because of the knee injury. Spencer Dinwiddie's been having to start out of the point guard spot. Now, he's kind of priced appropriately given his options. We know that Jeremy Lin, of course, is out. He's been out for a while. I, I still feel pretty good at Calderon at 3K. I don't understand why he's priced where he is, but I will definitely be utilizing him in a few of my lineups again because... Uh, I'm going to be setting a few, despite the fact that I said yeah. I wouldn't. I'm going, <laughs> going to a whole bunch of other areas. I, another injury to note, Trevor Booker, quickly, is going to be a game-time decision with the ankle injury. I'm a little bit intrigued by if he's out, Tyler Zeller or Jarrett Allen. One of the two is going to get a big boost in minutes, and they're going to go against guys like Jay Crowder, even a guy like Kevin Love, who we know he's a bigger dude, but he's not quite the defensive presence that we knew him to be previously with the Timberwolves. If you really wanted to pay down for some 3K guys, Zeller, Allen... It's intriguing to me. I'm not going that route, but I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to. I still think there's probably going to be better options, and it sounds like, I'm looking at here, it looks like Booker did go through shoot-around at least. So that's that's the most recent update on him. Um, So it sounds like he probably will end up playing, and he's been starting at center, which is a little different than where where he's usually been off the bench, you know, at power forward. Um, So I don't don't know. I'm probably avoiding that situation in my take, at least. That's fair. Wizards, Hornets, another 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. No injuries to note, really, for either side that we haven't already discussed in previous podcasts. And especially for DFS purposes, we'll move past a couple of those guys. Trailblazers, 76ers, another 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Amino will be out with the ankle injury. We've talked about him before. Markel Fultz still out. Justin Anderson out with a leg injury. Stauskas out. We do have Embiid back. We do have Rashawn Holmes back. Embiid was a guy we talked about as, uh, Monday. I don't know if he's going to play yeah. or not. And then he does really well. Now he's a 10K price center. Are you going the Embiid route? Does it? I mean, do you even want to try that against the Trailblazers team? Or is the price just simply too high in this 14-game slate? I don't know if I... I think it's not necessarily the, the best match. I think Embiid's going to get his points no matter what. Um, but uh, but you're right. When As soon as he's hitting that ten, mid-10,000s price, you got to have huge, huge production in, in order to get the, the value you're looking. I don't love it against the, the Trailblazers. And, and I think we mentioned before, I, I'd probably, you know, at the start of the pod, I'd, I'd probably rather, you know, pay down at the center spot. So I don't know if that's exactly where I want to, you know, spend my money, you know, with Embiid. Cousins is up there, too, as another high-priced center option. He's going against the Spurs. So of the two, I definitely like Embiid more. And if you really do want to pay up for the center spot, I don't blame you. That's going to give you a little bit of variance in your lineups, especially talking about tournaments yeah. being what we are in the 14-game slate. I think Embiid actually is a kind of an intriguing name, but he's kind of like a one-shot. I'm not going to be building my lineups around Embiid. It might be more yeah, yeah. that I fit him in after I look at other things else. So I agree with you. I'm going to be trending towards not paying up for the center spot. There's a couple of 6,500K or 5,000 guys that I like. I'm not really going the Embiid route, but he is healthy enough to play against uh, a team that really, I mean, Trailblazers you talked about, you think about as the up-tempo run-and-gun team, they're not quite so much that anymore, and I don't know if that's as intriguing as a matchup as even was last year. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, and he's he's going up against Nurkic too, and it's not like Nurkic is, mm-hmm. is a sieve by any sorts. Um, so I, I think you're right. It's not it's not as quick in in up tempo as it used to be so it's it's not as intriguing as it used to be clippers hawks 7 30 eastern time tip off the big news coming out of the la land 
Patrick Beverly will be out now for a while after going under procedure to his knee. Uh, I think that it was kind of just kind of scoping things out, but an indefinite leave of absence is a not not a good headline that you want to no. have if you're Patrick Beverly. That means more Cinderius Thornwell. Love that name. Don't love him for DFS purposes. Previously, he was getting 30 plus minutes a night, and he was only getting around 15 to 18 FanDuel points. He's going to have his price bumped up because of the Beverly news. Maybe not tonight, but once he does, he becomes an automatic, I'm just staying away. This is much more so a thing, an injury to keep note for Austin Rivers and Lou Williams, who I think are both going to be in more scoring looks and more defensive looks as well. Yeah, I think Lou Williams is the, the biggest there for me. I think Lou, he, he's he's kind of one of those guys that can score in bulk and score quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys, a much higher, much higher ceiling than a guy like Austin Rivers. So if, if I'm looking at anyone who's benefiting the most from um, from Beverly's, you know, long-term absence. I'm, I'm guessing it's Lou Williams. On the Hawks' side of things, Luke Babbitt out means more John Collins, Ilyasova Mance. Ilyasova, of course, is coming back from an injury too. He's another kind of mid-price power forward option that isn't getting enough minutes really to qualify. But once he does, that's an interesting name to keep in mind. Mike Muscala also out again, turning more towards Collins and Ilyasova getting minutes, just waiting to see Ilyasova get back because I think he's the guy to note as far as DFS purposes, given his price tag, I wish I could use him in this. I think he's 4,100 or 4,000. I wish I could use him. He just wasn't seeing enough minutes back from that interview. I actually, I'm kind of loving John Collins. I'm not going to lie. I I do love John Collins. He's only 5,200. That's, that's solid price, you know, low mid tier there. Um, It's just, he's the young guy. He's the rookie, you know, the Hawks suck. So they're they're gonna <laughs> sure. they're gonna play their rookies as much as possible, and with you know Mike Muscala and Luke Babbitt out, he's got to have like a thirty minute workload. There's there's no way he doesn't. Urson, um, it's been weird. They've his minutes have been going a little a little haywire the last few games. So yeah. that that scares the crap out of me. I just feel like Collins is the the safer option there, and and he's hit. I think 30 FanDuel points a couple times this season already, 35.8 in the last one. So I think I think that's going to be a solid play at a, you know, a decent price. Raptors, Knicks, 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Uh, DeLon Wright can be out with a shoulder injury for the Raptors side. Norman Powell, game-time decision with the hip. Uh, Anubue for the, 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 I was going to say the Indians guy, the Indiana standout um, and rookie, too, has really been doing pretty well. Not so much in a DFS sense, but I honestly think that's going to happen. It's only a matter of time, especially if Powell's going to be out. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not using Anubue if I could anyway. I think he's a lower-priced guy that he just, given all the games, all the people, all the players that we can use, I'm not going that route. On the other side of things, another rookie to keep in mind of Nick's Smoke and Frank. He's a game-time decision with an illness. He had to leave Monday's game with flu-like symptoms. He's kind of a cult hero on the in New York. He's not really a cult hero in DFS purposes yet, so I'm staying away from him. Too. Yeah, he's been he's been more of a defensive guy um, for them. It seems like uh, you know to start the year. Um, don't love him for fantasy. You know, I, I agree with you know Anunoby as well for the for the Raptors. Neither of them really provide the upside you're looking for, even with a value play. So I'm I'm really looking for value elsewhere. Celtics Heat 7:30 Eastern Time tip off. No real injuries besides, of course, Gordon Hayward on the Heat side of things. Interesting mid-tier player to keep an eye on. Josh Richardson is a game-time decision with an eye injury. If he sits out, that means more Wayne Ellington, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, we talk about playing, paying down at the point guard spot. I like that, but maybe not so much. I think Richardson, if he plays, is a guy I feel confident using as a 5K option at small four. But if he doesn't, Wayne Ellington is an con- interesting name too, especially if you don't want to pay down at the small, if you do want to pay down at shooting guard, I'd say. I think it's tough because I'm not exactly sure which of the two are going to, you know, receive the bulk of it. But I, I agree. Both of them have put up, uh, you know, pretty good numbers in the past when they've had the minutes for it. 
Um, so I think you could definitely experiment with either one of those in your your lineups, if you're, especially if you're going in a tournament setting. That's that's the biggest thing there. Um, and I think between the two, I'm still leaning more towards Tyler Johnson. I think he's got the higher upside. Um, he can score a little quicker and, and do everything. Uh, you know, Ellington's usually you know restricted to just his you know three point you know abilities. Um, right. But yeah, I, I think they're both options. But you got to make sure Richardson's out first. I think it's I think it's interesting. If it wasn't fourteen games, it might be a situation where I'd feel confident using it. But Ellington's at thirty three hundred. I don't know. I don't. We know what he can do. He's had games where he scored over twenty one points. Even his last one, he had twenty one points, two rebounds. He's only going to be your scoring threat, and he might be more of a guy that you'd utilize uh, in leagues that emphasize three point shooting when it comes to DFS purposes. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not turned off by that. We just have to figure out first if Josh Richardson is going to be out. Correct. Yeah. Mavericks Grizzlies eight o'clock Eastern Time tip off. Seth Curry out with a leg injury. Josh McRoberts out with a lower body injury. On the Grizzlies side of things, Mike Conley out with the Achilles. That means more Mario Chalmers, who is now priced pretty appropriately. I was on him before. I still think he's a quality option at the five K range. But one to note: Brandon Wright out with a groin injury. Wayne Seldom out with a quad injury. Nuggets Rockets probably one of the highest over unders of the night. Paul Millsap. We talked about him on Monday. We didn't know if he was going to be out or not. Well, we do now. He did undergo surgery on his wrist. He could be out up to three months. That is a whopping time frame. That's a huge hit to the Nuggets team that was hoping to make a push for a Western Conference playoff spot. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a big injury for multiple players on that team. You know, Kenneth Fareed, you started for him the other night. He had a okay night. It wasn't anything spectacular for DFS purposes. I actually love it even more for a guy like Will Barton. I think Wilson Chandler is going to see more time at power forward and small ball lineups, which I think opens up, you know, even more minutes for Barton is a small forward for them. Uh, Barton's actually I think he's been averaging like over 30 minutes in the past four or five anyway you know so he's seeing a starter's workload he's gonna he's gonna be stuck in in some heavy heavy you know um, workload nights and I absolutely love that for him he's he's a guy that puts up a lot of production when he gets the minutes well you talked about Wilson Chandler he is a game time decision with that back injury if he's out that he, that guarantees Barton minutes and I almost wonder if that guarantees a start if if Chandler is out we, with all the interest you've talked about how Barton's fitting in with that offense overall we know him as a DFS guy I think that he's an intriguing tournament name even if Chandler's out too, I think that he has that explosiveness yeah. that you're looking for. That oh, maybe he could go off for 59, and boom, you have close to eight, nine times value at your spot. Yeah, he's he's a guy that kind of does it all. You know, it, you know, despite coming off the bench, he's a jack of all trades. He can do everything. So I I, I love that for you know when you when you're checking out a guy in the mid five thousands, like he's not expensive. He's he's fairly reasonable. Um, so I think that's a huge. Even if Chandler's available. They could they could start exactly. Chandler at, at power forward and Barton at the three. So um, I'm I'm actually all over that play tonight for sure. We've spent a lot of time already talking about the Warriors Thunder eight o'clock Eastern Time tip off matchup. We won't. I assume we'll know probably before that game if Durant will play again. He practiced Tuesday. He seems likely to play. Amar Caspi started in his place, but again, I think it's Durant playing. No real injuries to note from the Thunder side of things. Magic Timberwolves eight o'clock Eastern Time tip off. Jonathan Isaac will be out again with that ankle injury, and nothing really to note from the Timberwolves side of things. Jimmy Butler was a disappointment. I don't know how else to say it on Monday. I thought he was going to do better than he did. I think he was a key cog in my lineup. And as they have been going lately, it feels like when we're setting the other lineups, the key cogs never seem to work out well for me. <laughs> right. He did. He had a, a bunch of like five or six games in a row where he had a ton of points and he just kind of put up a dud. Yeah. I'm going to chalk that up to the Joe Bartle stink. Yeah. That's, no, that is. It's like the Madden curse. It's the, the Joe curse. <laughs> the Joe Bartle stink. So uh, yeah, good news or good news, not good news. Good news to notice. I don't really have one key guy that I love besides maybe Eric Bledsoe. 
Um, and that means now that Eric Bledsoe is going to get, you know, don't 20, say that 20 points <laughs> for FanDuel wise. No, no, he's, he's, he's going to be great. All right. Okay. Revenge narrative. We'll keep rolling with that. Spurs Pelicans, eight o'clock Eastern time tip off the usual Parker and Kawhi Leonard still out. Nothing new from that side of things. Uh, Sheik is going to be upgraded questionable, but not really a DFS guy. Anyhow, for the Pelicans side bulls jazz, that's going to be one stinker of a game to watch. If you have to watch it, hopefully you do not. Uh, Nicole Morak's going to be out with that face after he got punched, of course. And then we have on the Jazz side of things, Gobert's going to be out again with a knee injury. Joe Johnson's still out with a wrist injury. Again, stay away from that unless you're trying to do a contrarian play, so to speak. That over-under is very, very low given the 14 games going on. I like a few guys in there just, again, to be contrarian. But overall, it's not a matchup I want to target. No, not not a lot going for that. And maybe like a Chris Dunn or something. He's now starting for the foreseeable future. Stop foreshadowing. Um, sorry, I just had to go there. Um, and I think on the Jazz side, there's the Jarebko Cephalosha guys, but they haven't really done much ever yeah. since Gobert's been out, so I'm kind of avoiding them too. Two more matchups to note on the 14 game NBA Wednesday slate. John Henson will be out with that eye injury. Thon Maker, more minutes, perhaps more rebounds on the Sun side of things. Matthew Delvadova is a game time decision. Talevich will be out with a knee injury. Tyson Chandler is. Well, I mean, he's likely to play. He had an illness going on. He practiced earlier this week. He's an interesting name to note, again, with Thom Maker seeing more minutes. But I wonder if they don't want to have Chandler covering Maker or those two guys to go out there. That situation's pretty pretty tough, too, because they got Monroe available now, and there's Alex Len. So it's kind of, they're looking to trade one of them, but who the heck knows who it's going to be. And in the meantime, it's kind of puts a timeshare on there. So that kind of restricts what they can do. Probably not a DFS thing to target anyway, but I'm not going after Thom Maker in either case, on opposite side of the matchup, Jared Dudley's the other injury to note for the Suns. He's now expected to play with a knee injury. Lakers, Kings, last game on the 14-game NBA DFS slate. 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. Nothing to note for the Lakers' injury side of thing. Kings' buddy Heald will be probable to play. Vince Gardner and his kidney stones are also going to be probable to play. So ran through the injuries. It's a lot to note for that 14-game slate. I anticipate that's going to be a hectic, uh, well, hectic really as things start to pick up Games start to get closer to tip-off time. There's going to be a lot of injuries to note. I anticipate that's going to change how we look at the lineups. But as it is, we have a lot of things to note already. I mean, look at the optimizer lineup that loves Russell Westbrook at 10,000 price tag against the Warriors. Eric Blood, so we talked about 6,400 for the Rotoway optimizer lineup. Lewis Williams, Will Barton, two guys that we also mentioned. 5,800 for Barton, 5,400 for Williams as optimizer lineup loves. Giannis, another ten or another ten thousand plus price guy. He's actually at twelve thousand two hundred against the Suns team. Rudy Gay at forty four hundred against the Pelicans. Jay Crowder, Kenneth Fareed, another Fareed at thirty three hundred. Thirty three hundred for Fareed. He's going to be getting minutes. We know that already. That's an interesting play. I think. I think that's a. It's definitely an interesting play. I don't know if we know that he's guaranteed to start moving forward. Like like I said, with you know right. Chandler potentially shifting over, but at thirty three hundred, that's that's super cheap for a, a, guy, a guy that can jump in and get a double double. The amount of rebounds that I anticipate he could get, especially yeah. against a Rockets team. I mean, he gets eight rebounds, and you already got close to the value that you need for him. I think that eight rebounds is. Honestly, probably undershoot for what Fareed's capable of doing. So yeah, and he's got plenty of experience playing next to Jokic too. So they, they, yeah. it's not like they haven't done it before. I didn't, I didn't see that until just now. I actually think that's an interesting play. But Crowder's the other side of that again, power forward option for the, the Cavaliers. Forty three hundred. Kevin Love rounds out the Rotoware optimizer lineup at the center spot. Before we get to our lineups, I do have to ask you, Ben. There are eight guys priced ten thousand or higher. Given as many games are going on, do you want to try and get two in there? Do you feel like you can? First off, I think is the question. I think it's it's definitely doable because we have 14 games. There's there's a lot of cheaper mid tier lower guys that you can fit in there where you can you can get two of them there. I just I had a hard time with it, and I, I don't think 
I liked the bottom of my roster when I did that. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to hold it to just one guy. And, and um, if I'm picking someone, it's James Harden. I, I agree with you. I tried not to agree with you, but I agree with you. Really, it was more so I didn't like the shooting guard options below. So we can talk yeah. about positions yeah. we want to pay for. I did not want to pay for center. I did not want to pay for point guard. I wanted to pay for shooting guard. Give me the best guy in what will likely be one of the highest scoring games overall. Rockets versus, uh, I was going to say Thunder. Rockets versus Nuggets. I like James Harden, 11,600. I, too, tried to get multiple 10,000 price guys in there. I could, but I felt like I was uh, affecting the overall depth of my lineup. And again, I think when we're setting these lineups, we have a lot of 50-50s and head-to-heads in mind, not so much tournament lineups. Yeah. I think that's where this comes into play, and I, I, I could not get multiple 10,000 guys. Yeah, and I, ca- I kind of felt more comfortable using one of those big, you know, one of the eight, you know, big salaries, and then and then trying to drop a, you know, two, two $8,000 guys in there, where it, it still keeps my upside for my overall points, you know, pretty high without, you know, restricting terribly what I have in in the 4,000, 3,000 range. Well, let's just get to that. Let's get right to our lineups. We're kind of already teasing it as it is. Eric Bledsoe is going to be in both of our lineups at 6,400. Revenge game narrative again against the Suns. His first game against the Suns since being traded to the Bucks. I, again, biggest value of the night, in my opinion, at 6,400, given that we don't want to pay up for the uh, the point guard spot overall. There's a bunch of high-quality matchups, but if you're going to get Bledsoe for, I think, a guaranteed 40 Fanduel points, why are you going elsewhere when someone could very well not get that, like a Russell Westbrook or something like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. He's he's such a good play against the Suns. I think that's that's one of my top plays of the night. It's just the value there for a guy that can put up 40, 40 50 Fandle points um, is, is exactly what you're looking for at that at that position. I want the Jose Calderon train as my other point guard option at 3,000. Give me a guy that's going to be getting 30 minutes a night, and I'll give you a guy that's going to get 20 to 25 Fandle points. I, I think by default, I know the Pistons are a different team overall, I'm sorry, not the Pistons. I, I think obviously the, the Cavaliers and their opponent, the Nets, it's going to be a different matchup. We know that Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be likely be covering Calderon. I still think he gets close to that 14 points that he did last time out when we talked about on Monday. I feel pretty good about that. You want Mario Chalmers at 5,600. Again, sticking to the narrative that we didn't want to pay up for that point guard spot. Was there any reason why you chose, uh, sorry, why you chose Chalmers? Over a handful of other guys? I felt like he was one of the better mid-tier options. There was, you know, Conley's still out, obviously, so he's starting. He's averaged over 30 minutes the last three games. Um, I think, he, you know, on Monday he had 21 points, six rebounds, six assists, and a steal. That was 40 Fanduel points. Um, So, I mean, he shows what he can do. There's no one there that really else, you know, that, like, that can score. It's Marcus Gasol and then... Who the heck's uh, you know who the heck's else is doing something right. for them? So I think Chalmers can be that guy, and he's already proven you know how many points he can put up with that forty you know point effort. I, I like that, especially against the Mavericks team too, that is susceptible to getting scored on. Yeah, I mean, just simply put, that susceptible to getting scored on is really how I probably describe the Mavericks this year. So <laughs> fifty six hundred. I know it's not a high scoring game, and that's kind of where I'm a little worried, especially with Tyreek Evans now I believe to be back. That's going to add a little less scoring load onto Mario Chalmers, but at the same time. You can do worse than that for a 5,600 guy. Yeah. Uh, at shooting guard, we're both on the James Harden train, 11,600. That is our highest priced guy on both of our lineups, and it's not really even close. Can we try to get elsewhere? We try to get other 10,000 guys in there. It just didn't quite work. I I like my matchup with Krista at 6,200. I know I said stay away from Bulls Jazz. It's going to be the most boring game, perhaps of all the games that have taken place so far this season, but certainly the most boring game on the 14-game slate. I still think that Chris Dunn actually has some viability. Just because it's boring doesn't mean it's not going to be a good DFS kind of game for him. Give me a guy that's going to get around 15, 20 shots. 
and I'll give you a guy that's going to get around 30 to 35 Fanduel points. Yeah, their their coach yesterday confirmed that he's going to be the starter moving forward over Jerry and Grant. So he's leapfrogged him. He's going to be the guy. Um, he's going to get a you know full starter's workload, and, and I think you're right. He's he's got plenty of potential, even I, even in a crappier matchup. Where I, I, yeah, I will say that if I would have noticed more of that Paul Millsap injury and how it affected the Nuggets lineup, I would have probably went the Will Barton route, especially given he's at 5800. So he's 400 less than Chris Dunn going against a Rockets team that, again, we talked about a high, probably high over-unders overall for the 14-game slate. That's probably the better route. If I had to change my lap right now, I would go Will Barton at 5,800 over a guy like Chris Dunn at 6,200. Yeah, that price is just too much for me to pass up for for a guy that, that's had 40 Fanduel points twice this year already, and, and he's going to have a ton and ton of playing time without Millsap there. Absolutely. Moving over to the small forward spot, I feel like I'm looking at our lives. We, we went completely different directions, and both of them I would describe as blah. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler, 8,500 is your guy going against the Magic. And then you also had Wesley Johnson, who's gotten a lot more of the minutes now with Gallinari out. He's going against the Hawks at 4,600. What was your thought process with that? It was just you were not on this time. So I was like, I figured I might as well play him. Um, exactly. No, but uh, it, it's more matchup reasons. I, I don't think the Magic are going to really, you know, are a threat to contain him. Um, you know, he's a three-time All-Star. He's, he's going to ball out. Um, he had a dud on Monday, like we mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um but it previously had 40 or more Fanduel points in four or five games. So um, I'm, I'm liking a, a, a nice little bounce back performance there. Yeah, he's got a bounce back. And you're right. I'm not on him. I, I'm a little scared off. I'm not going to lie. I know the Magic, you don't look at that and scream, oh, defensive stalwarts. But what he did on Monday in a, what was supposed to be a great matchup has me a little bit concerned. I don't want to pay at 8,500 when if I could go up even a 50 or 1,500 more up to Kevin Durant, that's probably the direction I would have wanted to go. I'm not huge in the Wesley Johnson play either. Is that probably one of your most disappointing plays in the night? It's Yeah, it's not my first choice on, yeah. on cheaper guys there, but he's actually performed a little better than what I expected when I was checking out you know, his game his game log. And he had 25 Fanduel points, 25.5, and then 50 Fanduel points in his last three. So that obviously I don't Which expect him to outlier. get... Yeah, right. Obviously I don't expect him to get 50, but if he's getting you know 25 regularly... I think he can easily push for 30, 35 then. Um, so I think that's that's fine for a guy who's going to get 30-plus minutes. We saw Beverly's out for who who knows how long. Yeah. There's already you know, Gallinari's out, Teodosic is out. So minutes are available. He's going to start. And I think he's been doing a lot better now than he did at the start of the season. So that gives me at least a little more comfort. I talk about your small forward options and say I don't really like him. Well, here's my poo-poo platter of small forwards. Courtney Lee at 5,100 against the Raptors. This is simply because we go to that narrative, hey, he's getting 30 minutes. What what else can you do with that? We talked about what happened if Tim Hardway was out on Monday. Well, he played on Monday, and he did pretty well. I think Courtney Lee will do okay against the Raptors. I'm not feeling great. That's not really a defense you like to target too much for DFS purposes. However, there is one spot I will, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Damari Carroll is my other small forward option. He was a guy we loved quite a bit last year doing podcasts. That round 5,500, 5,000 guy that you could always count on to get you around 25 to 30 Fanduel points. Well, now he's on the Nets team. He's kind of their only scoring option given all the injuries that they've occurred on that team so far. And we still have to kind of figure out what's going to happen with uh, Russell going on at the point guard spot for the Nets. I like it. It's not great. Again, I talk about poo-poo platter for my small forward spot. I paid down at small forward at the price of paying up significantly for James Harden. This is kind of the direction I had to go. Yeah, I'm not huge with the Courtney Lee. Um, I think Damari Carroll's a, a solid play, though. He does a little bit of everything with the you know points, rebounds, assists, steals, kind of the whole the whole works there. Um, it, it's going to be tough uh, for him against. Um, I think he's got the Cavs. 
So that's a little daunting, mm-hmm. but uh, I think you're right. Whether they don't really have that many other options to do anything, so uh, you know, Carroll's the guy that, that's going to try and carry the load there. He had he had a lot of good games to start the year. It's kind of tailed off a little bit, um, but he had 33 you know Fanduel points in Sunday. It looks like so yeah. uh, that's that's pretty solid. Well, our rosters kind of end up div- uh, differentiating a little bit here, but we actually both decided to pay up for the. Po- power forward spot which i thought was interesting we didn't pay up all the way obviously there's guys like anthony davis and ben simmons out there we chose to go a little bit lower i went with Kristaps porzingis at 9200 did you know the raptors actually allowed the second most Fanduel points to the power forward spot that would definitely surprise me that would surprise me too when i was going over that yeah the pacers obviously are along the most and they allow the most to a couple different spots you know the defensive positioning tool is one of my favorite things to use on rotoware i was shocked to see the raptors too allowing that i kind of went through the numbers a little bit more where are they allowing those points it isn't even so much rebounds or blocks or steals. They're just along a ton of points, scoring points, yeah. to that power forward spot as a whole. Okay, great. What does Kristaps Porzingis do great? Oh, he scores points. He already averages like 25 points yeah. a game. So give me a guy that is going against the Raptors defense that is susceptible to that. And I'll give you a guy that I think is going to do pretty good. 9,200. I like that quite a bit for his price. I think that's a really good price for him. And, and he's been dominant you know, this year. So Absolutely. I, I, haven't, I don't think I've used him once yet in, in FanDuel. And I, and I, I, I wish I have. Him, yeah. Every time I use him, he does pretty well. So he's one of the few guys that has been avoiding the Bartle stink, so to speak. I feel okay about that. But you also went with Blake Griffin, and I was reading an interesting article earlier today following that uh, Beverly injury that really they built their team around three core players, two of which are hurt in Gallinari and Beverly. Blake Griffin's the last guy standing at 8,900. He kind of has to be the focal point of the yeah, Clippers moving forward. Right. That's that's kind of where I'm at with that pick. You know, someone's got to you know do something there. And Griffin's the all-star. He's the guy that, that's going to be relied upon. So um, and, and the thing is, his price isn't horrible either. He's only like 8,900, I believe. Um, so that, that, I think that's, that's kind of where, where I'm going with that. It's just, there's no one else to do anything. It's, it's going to be the Griffin show. Um, and I think he's been stuck in the mid thirties over the last few games, but he's a guy that can easily hit 40, 50 Fanduel points on any given night. So, um, I think that's, that's a that solid feels price. Like a better tournament play to me than it would be a head to head 50, 50 game, right? Yeah, I, I could, yeah, I could definitely see that. John Collins is your other power forward option you talked about a little bit before as the guy that's probably the beneficiary of the additional minutes with all the injuries going on at the Hawks. He's at 5,200. Your center, Thon Maker, going against the Suns at 3,400. This is really where our lineups change because I went with Brooke Lopez, 6,300 going against the Kings. We've now figured out quite well that the Kings stink at stopping that center spot overall. I think Brooke Lopez does pretty well against that team as well. But Thon Maker, I'm curious to see why he chose to go that route at a 3,400 price tag. Yeah, I was to begin with, I was just looking to pay down at center. I think Brooke Lopez is a guy I considered as well as Dwayne Dedman. Those were two other cheaper options that I thought had solid matchups. Um, but with Don, there's just no John Henson, Greg Monroe's, you know, not there anymore. So he's going to have to have a huge, huge workload. And that, that's what we talk about, you know, plenty of times where if they're getting the minutes, the production's got to be there. Um, he's only surpassed 20 FanDuel points once this season. I get that. That's horrible. Um, but I, I think this is this is a fine spot for, for me if I want to take a risk, at least in a tournament setting and, and say, you know, he's going to have a huge workload. He's going to get boards. He's going to get points. Um, I think I'm fine risking it. And he's, I think he's, he's a guy that can easily get 25, 30. Well, the nearly 3000 savings that you made by having Thon maker instead of a guy like Brooke Lopez, who is at 6,300 allowed you to go ahead and have two 8,000 plus price guys with Blake Griffin, really kind of being a 9,000 guy sitting at 8,900. Whereas I could really only go James Harden and Chris Tapps Porzingis. And then I did 6,000 guys just about everywhere else. So let's go ahead and break down our live just overall for the viewers quickly to, to have that in place so we can 
fact check and make sure who actually wins our matchup. Ben, go ahead and break down your team overall real quick. Yep, Eric Bledsoe against the Suns. Um, 6,400, a revenge game action there. Mario Chalmers still filling in for Conley against the Mavericks, 5,600. James Harden against the Nuggets, 11,600. Um, Will Barton against the Rockets, 5,800. Jimmy Butler against the Magic, 8,500. Wesley Johnson, the Hawks, 4,600. And we got Blake Griffin against the Hawks as well, 8,900. John Collins against the Clippers, 5,200. And then Thon Maker rounding out the center spot for the, uh, against the Suns. And for my lineup, I have Eric Bledsoe again against the Suns, 6,400. Revenge game narrative, and I think one of the best value plays overall in today's 14-game slate. Jose Calderon going back to that well again, 3,000 price tag, minimum guy. Going to get at least 20 FanDuel points. I can guarantee you that going against the Nets. Chris Dunn against the Jazz. Not fancy about that one. 6,200. James Harden, my highest price guy overall in my lineup at 11,600 against the Nuggets. My poo-poo platter of small fours. Courtney Lee against the Raptors at 5,100. Damari Carroll against the Cavs at 5,800. I say poo-poo platter because Ben smiles every single time he I got, say it. It gets me, man. Every single me. time I say it. Chris Stapps Porzingis is my second highest price guy at power forward. Not not power forward on my lineup overall, but he plays power forward. 9,200 against the Raptors that allow the second most FanDuel points to the power forward spot. Otto Porter, I didn't really talk about him, but I think it's kind of nondescript, so to speak. He's my second power forward option against the Hornets at 6,400. And rounding up my lineup is Brooke Lopez against the Kings, who allowed the most FanDuel points to the center spot. He's at 6,300. Again, before we sign off, just talk a little bit about the fact that we love those compliments and everything else that we get from iTunes and Stitcher. Ben, especially after all the Thanksgiving meals you're going to be having, I know those compliments will make you feel really good. Oh, yeah. So great. Absolutely. Go ahead and leave everything. With that holiday ham. Yes, the holiday ham. We're going to probably get more com- comments about that than anything else. <laughs> probably. Our hot take on the, right. the ham over the turkey. Uh, and then uh, we love FanDuel on, well, we love DFS FanDuel, of course, and NBA particularly. The 14-game slate, I know I said avoid it, but of course I have multiple lineups going on because I can't help myself. That's just how good FanDuel is at this whole DFS thing. Absolutely. With no games on Thursday, I'm binging on FanDuel tonight. There's going to be so many lineups. Like I, I got to get my fill. Might as well. We're going to be binging on a whole bunch of different food. Let's go ahead and get our DFS exactly. binge on too with FanDuel. If you want to get in some NFL action, of course, we have the free six-month RotoWire subscription that you can get by going to FanDuel.com slash RW with your first deposit to FanDuel. Voidware prohibited. Once you do that, you get an entry into the free NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker. That's NFL, not NBA. And of course, if you want some NFL action on the DFS podcast, you can listen to me and Joe Pisapia every Monday breaking down the NFL action. We went over a couple of different plays that I had for the Thursday lineup. And you can listen to Friday's action with Joe Pisapia and John McKechnie, who do infinitely better than I do when it comes to DFS stuff. Go ahead and listen to them, give them a checkout. And of course, leave them a couple of ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. That does it for us on the massive Wednesday NBA DFS slate. We will be back again Monday. Hopefully ham hungover, not turkey hungover, ham hungover. We all will be past that. We're ready to go for some more DFS action.